pass from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quackett Smith. Me, oh my, I haven't enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on. Enjoy. Draft Rugby, the game they play online in heaven. Welcome to the Draft Rugby show. This is episode six, oh, season five, episode 16. Uh, and the Draft Rugby show is where we talk about fantasy rugby, the game they play online in heaven. Tonight, I am joined by Harry. How are you, Harry? Very, very good, as always, uh, although we won't talk about last week's fantasy results. That's uh, probably the one blight on my season after, you know, the one week we didn't record, actually, I've got a bone to pick straight off the bat. The one week we didn't record, I was actually on top of the table. <laughs> we wait to dessert for grievances, it's aid. I was on top of the table, mate, and we didn't even record. Outright. Right, okay. Absolutely well, outright. Well, not anymore. Spoiler. I- yeah, look, I probably was going to let you get away with it if, if you didn't uh, go back and try and talk about how you were top of the table last week. But um, no, you did, in fact, uh, play your brother, uh, Nelson Dale, uh, who did, is it the second time he's, he's pipped you this season? It sure is. is. And so he has returned to the top of the table. And um, look, like you, I'm also glad that he's not here tonight joining us so that we can hear, we don't have to hear about it all night, which is good. Um, but uh, but I figured, yeah, speaking of the the OG league and where we all are, it's um, I can I think we can finally say that uh, we must we know what we're talking about because uh, finally the three of us, the three podcasters, are the top three on the table. So um, it just shows that you know you put you, you put in the mahi and uh, you get the treats. So I think it also shows that the uh, our competitors have stopped listening. <laughs> That's true. Uh, we know we can look at the numbers. They've gone down from um, 7,000 listeners a week to 6,990 uh, or something. Or so, that's right. Exactly. So, yeah, um, that's it. Um, but, no, uh, we didn't do a pod last week. That's We were all just just couldn't make it happen. But um, Nelson is not joining us today, but we thought we'd, we'd rip through one. Um, what happened since we last, uh, last spoke to you, I suppose, Rounds eight, nine, and we're previewing round ten. So, I think we'll probably just skip over round eight and just jump straight into a an entree with a little bit of a quick review on how Super Rugby Pacific round nine went. Um, and yeah, no, sorry, I was checking out another further notes, but no, let's just jump straight in. So, our entree tonight, Super Rugby Pacific round nine. There was this was the big buy week, so fantasy managers had, would have had a tough time figuring out how to uh, hold on to. Your absolute guns. The buyers were the Blues, Crusaders, Brumbies, and the Drua. Uh, I know this is certainly something that Harry Nelson and I were thinking of maybe three or four weeks ago and figuring out how on earth to trade players away to make this happen, given that we had um, our biggest matchups of the season this week in fantasy. Actually, how have I not spoken about how I not only took uh, defeated new bum for the second time this year, uh, but actually... With a postponed match, um, I beat also our champ from last year, Chrissy Nabung. So I beat the entire Nabung family this weekend. It was fantastic for me. Fantastic. How good. So that was good. But um, no, so big bye week. Um, there was, of course, two makeup games, though. There was one on a Tuesday. I know we don't normally talk about the Tuesday games, but that was a Hurricanes versus Moana game. And the Canes took that out 53 to 12. Um, just, you know, another typical Moana scoreline. Um and the other makeup game was was a big one. It was the top of the table clash in New Zealand, the Crusaders and the Blues. And um, huge game. game. Harry, what did you make of that? 
Oh, awesome game, mate. Like, just so exciting to watch. I think the, the uh, Blues really had their number in the, the first half, and then the Crusaders came back despite a red card and a yellow card and really been down on numbers for the majority of the game. They still somehow forced the issue and almost won the entire match. So, awesome, awesome game. I can't wait to see more in the uh, final of Super Rugby Trans-Tasman or Pacific when, uh, when that inevitably happens in about, what is it, eight weeks' time or something like that. So, yeah, they're clearly the best two sides in the comp and, and a great game, great skill level. Absolutely, and that was awesome. And I think, I forget, you might remember how many years it has been since the Blues have, have managed to beat the Crusade. Well, well, they've never won in, in that particular stadium, yeah. but uh, it had been, I don't know, how many years since they had won in in Christchurch. But, uh, yeah, I know, and they had the uh, start about the stadium, but pretty pretty awesome. And I, I think it was a, a, I wouldn't say dominant display, but they were well-deserved winners as well. It was really good. Yeah, absolutely. And the only last point on that was the happiest man in the stadium was Luke Romano because he now is the only undefeated player in that stadium. Yeah. <laughs> of everyone else. And he was, telling, he was letting everyone know. It was so good. That is so, so good. Uh, the other games of the week, we had Rebels go down to the Reds 32 to 36, and which was an absolute ding-dong battle. Oh. Perfect for the, yeah. uh, for the term. I thought that was a cracker. Vinavalu made his comeback as well. One highlight from him where he set up a big line break down the right-hand side, which I think ended up in a try where he gave his little no-look no pass down the sideline after beating a man. So it was good to see him getting in the action as well. Um, just dangerous, mate. He just he looks dangerous anywhere near the pill. That's, that's all you can think. Now we just want to see bulk minutes from him. Uh, Chiefs up 45-12 on Moana, so pretty similar to the Hurricanes game. This was... Really close to the first uh, the first choice lineups. I think I mean, they still had a couple of uh, rested players from the, the chefs, but realistically, they both had a good crack at this game. And Moana are just looking tired from playing Kiwi side six six games in three weeks. Like the very That'll fact that it. they can put points on anyone at the moment is pretty awesome. Really, that's it. I think what we need is we actually need. Um, the Kiwi teams, when they play the Aussies, to have a midweek game against the other Kiwi teams. You know what I mean? So they need to be playing twice the amount of games. But yeah, that's what I've been going for. 100%. That would be good. 100%. Man. I think it's the only fair way to do it. Um, the, and the, the embarrassing thing is they'll probably roll out their B teams for our games and their top teams <laughs> yeah. for their midweek games against the Kiwis. Uh, Highlanders 21 yeah. versus the Hurricanes 22. This one went right down to the last play with, uh, I think it was the prop, Trying to Manassas head over sort of the sort of line, and I think he got held up over the line in the end. But Sal, sorry, yeah, that's right. That's right. Sal, a big, big unit. Um, yeah, he uh, he just couldn't quite get the ball down. I think it was the right call, but far out. It's just a game of inches, isn't it? If if they'd called it on field try, I could see that they probably would have allowed it as well because there was that one part where the arm kind of gets in the way where you don't know if it's just hit the grass or not. So yeah, sure. very, very, very tight call. Good game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think the, the the Hurricanes, you know, I think the week before they had just gone down to the Crusaders, um, kind of similarly, you know, felt aggrieved with a call on like the 80th minute. So wow. they were lucky to to get up in this one. But I completely agree. It could have gone either way, that call. So, um, but a good game. Uh, absolutely. Um, to see Aaron Smith having a big blow up as well, just to show that he cares. Well, that's it. I mean, in the... In, in the aftermath of the game, so we did have during the week, and we'll talk about them in the previews, but um, had three red cards over in the New Zealand fixtures. 
Forget, do we have any red cards in the, the Aussie ones this week? Can't think off the top of my no, head. But um, No, no but, it's, it's changed, mate. It was all the Aussie conference that was getting all the cards <laughs> in the first half of the season. Now it's flipped, which is perfect because we want them to have the reds against us. So that's great. Absolutely. But um, no, I was going to say, I, I, Aaron Smith also feeling particularly aggrieved um, with... Uh, sorry, there were three red. There were two red cards given in New Zealand games, but there was a third one where a penalty has now been handed down, but no card was issued to Asafa Amua in the um, in that game where he got away with uh, one, which was fantastic for me because uh, had he been given that card, I would not have won my fantasy feature this week. So it was excellent. But um, no, he's he's now gone for three weeks though, so he's gone yes. for three. Josh Dixon's gone for three, and Scotty Barrett's gone for four. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Scott Barrett's one was pretty bad, actually. The last game of the week was the uh, the fourth 24 going down to the Waratahs 41. I'm not going to lie, and I know I'm a bit biased here, but I reckon that scoreline flatters the force. Like, they were pretty woeful in this one. The Waratahs just completely had their number, blew the game wide open in the first 15 minutes, and the game was done from there, really. I thought it was an excellent performance for the Waratahs to kind of continue building some confidence before the Kiwi games. And the force has just shown they're just going backwards at a rate of knots right now. I think they need Isaac Rodder back desperately to, to come in and shore up their defence probably first and foremost and just toughen them up a little bit because they just don't seem to have the commitment in defence at the moment. Yeah, you're right. And still, I think, uh, look, the only the only attack happening in the force is Manasa Mata Eli still. That's, I mean, we said it a few times, but um, but look, you know you know that the game's a done deal if Alex Newsom's scoring two tries. So, um, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's enough. But um, I do love that Mata Eli had, I believe it was 15 runs again in this game. So he's just gone, all right, boys, like, I don't care what position I'm listed on the field, like, just make me first receiver every game. Yeah. And I will run the ball constantly. So I think the force are aware of the fact that Matele is their only line breaker. And I think he's well aware of it as well. And I just, as, as a man that traded him in for Humbossi a few weeks ago, I just wanted, the only reason I took him was because he was having so many runs and they're going up each week. So I reckon by the end of the Kiwi games where they're getting pasted by the Kiwi sides, he'll have 25 runs a game. Oh, mate, he'll, when he starts playing against uh, the Kiwis, he'll start getting the pick and drives as well. You know, he'll, he will literally oh, huh. just make sure he has all the possession. Right. He'll, be, he'll be playing eight at the back of the scrum just so he can pick the ball up and just <laughs> yeah. cut out the rest of the team. So anyway, looking forward to that. The uh, the fantasy man of the week, absolutely berserk from Eteni Nanai Saturo. He had 104 points. He had two tries, a try assist as well, 11 runs for 134 metres over that 10 runs a metre that we look for, five line breaks, seven tackle busts, and offload five from his five tackles, and he still only had 71 minutes played. So imagine if he played the whole 80. Just absolutely mental. Ah, oh, crazy. Yeah, exactly. They took him off the last 10 minutes against uh, Pacifica as well. You know, that could have been another three tries for him. Who knows? But um, no, he was he was mental. Uh, not, not only, I think, the hot stepping that we're used to, uh, like obviously he's got his seven, seven tackle busts, but... Um, uh, sorry, he's got five, five line breaks, but um, mate, he was he was bumping off some people as well. Who did he? There was someone massively bumped off. Uh, uh, it was um, Tavatavanawa. Yeah, yeah, couldn't believe it. Um, <laughs> it, did, it did it easy, and he's yeah. now officially the uh, top scoring player on averages in the entire he? comp. He's on fifty four points compared to Kurt Ekon running in second at fifty two, and Angus Bell only on forty nine points. A pretty quiet season oh. for him. 
yeah, exactly. He's he's just warming up, really. That's so. right. 100%. He's been saving it for the care weeks, is what he's been doing. But yeah, um, but no, Nana Zatura, yeah, that was absolutely mental. So um, and and you had to feel for Tavatavanawa. I've come to I I I feel like if we were doing the pod last week, we probably would have been talking about Tavatavanawa forever. But um, yeah, I've come to love him. But he just did not have an answer for Nana Zatura. He just. He got bumped off eventually. Otherwise, he was going around him. He just couldn't deal with him. It was it was awesome to watch. It was interesting to see the Chiefs just shut him down completely as well. They had this big midfield rush defence, and it was quite clearly a ploy to stop them getting the ball wide to players like Tavatavanawai, and he really yeah. didn't have an impact. He He's a freaking H, and I think they identified that and just <laughs> never let him get into the game because he's just... Not let him get the oh, ball ever. Mentally. That was the plan. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Salisi Rayasi, 88 points, kind of getting back to the scores that we thought we were going to see from him all season when he finally gets a run. And that's only from one try as well. You know what I mean? Like yeah, just yeah, the rest yeah. of that is just busts and everything. The team but, up. Yeah. Dalton Papali'i, 78 points. Uh, thank God I traded him away, but this is a makeup game for me. He went mental, which I love. Uh, easily his best game of the year. Plenty of tackles, had that one great run to score his trial where people just falling off him as well. It's probably the first game I've been really impressed by him this year. Very, very good. And look, I'll give you your credit where it's due. Um, I mean, I think you've been saying he's he's due for a big game. You know, I think we all expected, um, frankly, him to be playing like this throughout most of the season, captaining the Blues. But um, he has been really, really quiet. And I think you've said the last couple of weeks that he's surely he's due for a big game and it just happened to be the makeup game where you still had it so he's that's not, uh, he's not on my team anymore <laughs> and, um, lastly, and lastly will jordan 74 yeah. points just i mean you know i feel like if we did the worth a mention will jordan would be in it every week if he wasn't the fantasy man of the week so well he's been pretty inconsistent he's still fourth overall you know <laughs> <laughs> so it's just ridiculous. Uh, look, in the 60s, you also have Matty Phillip, Richie Moonga, Kabus Ilof, Dave Pariki, and Asafra Amua. So plenty of big scores there. Super sub for the week, mate. Take it away. Daniela Tupa, the Tongan Thor, came off the bench. Uh, I did play, even though I had to get as much of a starting team as I could to play my rival. You have all the confidence in the world of Tupa coming off the bench. That's as good as a starting player. And he delivered, mate. He came on. Bagged himself a try, absolutely nailed the swan dive this time round. Um, three tackle busts, the line break, seven carries uh, for not many metres, 16 metres, but uh, and a big zero of one tackles made. So, um, yeah, he knew but, which end to score the fantasy points, put it that way. Correct. But um, so that was good to see. Um, and then the Captain Mud Award uh, for the biggest dud. Uh, Josh Dixon, no surprises really, uh, minus 21 points for a red card for the shoulder to the face. Um, yeah, was- You've got a feel for these locks. I think, you, I mean, really it would be a guess between Dixon or Scott Barrett who, um, you know, who got, who, who would get the higher negative score, but it's really just how long into the game did it get. But, um, <laughs> but you've got a feel for these locks. Like in, I understand you feel for the front, I feel for the front rowers getting the cards in the clean outs. But for the locks trying to get down for these tackles where everyone's dipping, you got to feel for them. Just yeah, a little bit. I mean, you still got to know. Like he, he didn't bend to the waist, man. Like no, you got to at I least mean, try, though. I get it, it's harder, but at least try. True, true. <laughs> it's all right. The main course, round ten, almost super round, not so super round, partially super round. I'm not sure what to call it anymore. Um, this week, every game that's been played is at Amy Park. Uh, we were pretty keen to get down there, but didn't happen because. Mate, you prioritise the F1. That's basically the reason, isn't it? 
No, because I had organised to go to the Formula One before Super Riyadh got announced. That's why. Uh, exactly. Look, I know that's not an excuse. Could still go this weekend, but um, instead I'm going to the Battle of the Beaches up at Rad Park. So that yes. will be really good. But um, so still going to rugby. But uh, now the reason Harry said almost Super Round is because of course we've had one game cancelled. We thought we had done it. We thought we got through nine rounds. We we made up all of the postponed fixtures, and we were back to. Every game happening every week as scheduled. No more buys. It was going to be beautiful. But, of course, the Western Force um, decided uh, that they did not want to play any Kiwi teams so that they were going to postpone the game this week for as indefinitely as long as possible. Now, um, they they have pretty extensive COVID throughout the squad and uh, had to make the call today to, to postpone the game. It's going to be interesting to see when they can postpone it. It was... You know, it seems a little easier to make up games when you were in the same country all the time, but now the Force and um, Moana are going to have to find a time when they're both in the same country to make up a game. So a little bit more challenging, but um, hopefully they can do that. Sure, it should be pretty doable. So mm-hmm. first game of this one that I want to talk about just briefly is the Super W final. We talked about the Waratahs versus the Fijiana Andrua uh, a couple of weeks ago and the Andrua got up. I think, mm-hmm. uh, I think you and I tipped... Fijiana and Nelson tipped the Tars, didn't he? So, well, I mean, there's there's been a couple of injuries. I, I think Arabella McKenzie might have been injured, the 10, the young 10. So, oh, no, you mean the team. Sorry. No, not quite. Not quite that bad. But no, she I don't, what, what, are you, what are your thoughts? Do you think the Tars can actually tighten the gap or get the win or is it kind of one-way traffic? Um, well, look, I guess they certainly – I don't think they really knew what the work-ons were until they played the Fijiana. You know, I mean, they hadn't really been challenged in that way until this game. Yeah. And so they will – you know, it's funny. After every game you hear the interviews and they say, oh, look, we'll take the learnings, we'll hit the books, we'll hit the reviews. But really I think this is an instance where for the Tars, you know, they needed that that first game. As we said, it's basically – it is a – of the first of two grand finals when they played a few weeks ago. We said this is going to be the final in a few weeks' time. So uh, I do think, I mean, look, the Tars, they've obviously won, I think it's the last four years, uh, you know, Since four years in a row, yeah, yeah for, for a reason. Um, and uh, so I do think that they will have been able to identify the work-ons and, you know, be able to really implement that strategy. So, yeah, I guess if I have to tip it, I'm going to back the Tars to get up in this one. Yeah, I think it'll be tight. Tars, uh, I love that the Tars been were being talked about like they didn't play well when they won the semi-final 36-0 over the Reds. <laughs> they had a shocking game from them. Really, really average, you know, against a, a big competitor for them. But I love that the uh, Brums pushed Fijiana pretty close, 17-7 in the, the week before that as well. So I think that there's probably a, a few holes that have been shown there on how to play them. The Brums played a lot smarter than the Tars did when they went up against them. And I think the last time they played, it was 29 to 10 as well. So they've got some work to do, but they just played so badly last time that I think it's going to be really tight. Um, I was tempted originally to tip the Tars, but I think if McKenzie, Arabella McKenzie is injured, if I'm right about that, then I think that'll probably be the difference. Yeah. Just they need they need all hands on deck if they're going to make it happen. But I'm going to call maybe five points to Fijiana. Yeah, no, sorry. Look, I mean... I don't like doing the flip-flop, but Arabella McKenzie's that big that uh, I think he could be right. But, look, I'm going to stick with the Tars just so we have a point of difference. Yeah, love it. Next game, thanks. All right. So um, on Friday, we've only got one game uh, this week, um, obviously the biggest game of the round other than the Super W Grand Final, which is the Chiefs uh, and the Waratahs uh, Friday night in Melbourne. So that'll be good. Um, new injuries for this one. So the Tars lost Lalakai for Ketty 
Um, I'm not entirely sure what two, actually. I don't think that's featured in the casualty ward yet, but he has not been named. So the um, spoilers to the, the dessert and grievances section again, but um, we've got all of the Australian team lineups and we have the, the Chiefs. We don't have the rest of the Kiwi ones, but um, no, so in, in the Aussie lineup, Lalakai, not, not names. Jamie Roberts in to start there at 12. For the Chiefs, new injuries, Brad Weber and Sean Stevenson. So they're both out for uh, what seems like a couple of weeks. Brad Weber with a shoulder. Um, I think they said kind of like an AC joint or something, but they're going to have to go get um, specialist scans, both Weber and Stevenson, to confirm what their injuries are or how severe they are. Yeah. Uh, returning, we have Benny Donaldson for the Tars. So the Tars now have all three of the Prodigal Son 10s uh, available and named in the team list. So that'll be interesting. Be, I'm sure we'll spend a lot of time discussing that uh, tonight or in the future. Uh, and the Chefs have uh, quite a few names returning. We've got Samasoni Takiaho, um, who I'm not sure if was rested last week or was pulled pre-game uh, I forget why. So many changes. I know the Chiefs are a bit more cautious with their COVID uh, mm. returns and things as well. So hard to say. There's just they're a bit grey on that stuff. Yep. And um, so we also got Sam Kane coming back and Peter Gus Soakula. Some pretty big names um, in, in terms of the scheme of things. Uh, Xavier Rowe coming back, very well timed with Brad Weber being out injured. They've elected to to let Ratima um, hold his starting jersey and Rowe return from the bench, although he'll be the preferred option. And uh, I don't know I put it in, in returning instead of injured, but Nanai Saturo um, was not listed again, kind of as he's seemingly been all season. He's just not been listed now and then for whatever reason. So he is not on the team sheet, and we don't know why, but he didn't appear to be injured when he went off in the 70, 71st minute that I can recall. But um, No, they haven't, they haven't named anything either? You haven't found anything on that? No, actually, I haven't checked the actual Chiefs uh, press release, though, because sometimes they do list why they're unavailable for selection. So we'll yeah, have to check yeah. that. But, um, but yeah, um, I mean, look, I'll ask your thoughts on this. Uh, maybe I'll ask your thoughts on the TARS, Harry, um, and I'll just point out some things to the Chiefs. So I suppose TARS Chiefs, um, the Chiefs haven't really rolled out this, what I'm going to call like Rolls Royce back row almost all season. So at they all. have Luke yeah. Jacobson at six, Sam Kane at seven and Peter Gus at eight. Are you saying they haven't had that at all? No, 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 they haven't. Because obviously Jacobson was injured for a long while. And then as he was coming back, they they took the chance to rest Peter Gus as well. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure if maybe at the very start they had it or not, but um, no, that's, sorry, this is clearly their first choice back row. And it is, I mean, you know, there's two, two all blacks and Peter Gus has been talked about, uh, you know, trying to force his way in there this year, mm. but, and has been the form, it has been the form back rower of, uh, of this season so far. So um, great to know that they've got, got this coming back for when they're playing us, the Tars. Yeah, but um, and, and look, I mean, apart from that, their forward pack is majority All Blacks. We've got two young All Black locks. We've got, you know, Tarbao and Takiaho. Um, and Aiden Rosp is, you know, kind of on the fringe, the cusp of that kind of stuff as well. So really, really class forward pack. And I think that's where they're going to really come at the task through that. Yeah, I think uh, Quintapire as well being played on the wing. So mm. I think that'll be really interesting to see how he goes. I think he's been probably a bit below his best this year. So. It'll be interesting Definitely. to see how they go, just taking a bit of pressure off him and just allowing him, if he gets a bit of space, to 
I guess maybe have an excuse to express himself and just trying to try and get back to his best, you know, damaging runner that he can be. So I, I hope that doesn't happen this week, but I, I suspect maybe that's the reason. And it obviously gives uh, Paul Hippie another chance at uh, inside centre as well after he was pretty good. Well, that, that's one of those things with with Tupia. I mean, we, we had him earmarked as, you know, perhaps the top centre this year at the before the initial draft. Um and we know that certainly last year they used him a lot. They would start him at centre and move him to the wing. Like we know he's got wheels and he can play play on the wing as well. But interestingly, that there's they seem to be starting him on the wing here. I guess yeah, really to give Poi be another crack. But they do really seem to be lacking in outside backs, which has normally never been the case for the Chiefs. So um, really interesting. Yeah, just so many injuries, man. It's pretty hard there for for everyone. But I think the only real chink in this team at the moment is Cortez Retima. Surely the Tars have got to just try and pressure the young number nine around the ruck, try and make sure they get really average ball out to Bryn Gatland, who I think has, has probably exceeded expectations with how good he's been this year. So if they can yep. slow down the ruck ball and just try and take his time and space away, then, you know, uh, it is, I guess, a little bit disrupted in that 9, 10, 12 axes. And then even then you've got Chase Teatier at fullback who uh, – it probably isn't completely comfortable in this side either, despite his, you know, X factor, obvious X factor that he does have. So it's going to be a big ask to try and stop the firepower in this side. But um, I think the Waratahs are going to just have to try and trash the ball, really. Yeah, I think you've, you've hit it bang on the head. Jake Gordon is going to be all over Radema. Just uh, he will not give him a inch. But um, no, that's going to be good. And I think, look, just... Before we move on to the Tars, two players that have really impressed me, and yes, definitely some bias here as they have found their way into my fantasy team. But um, Josh Lord, I think he's been fantastic um, in the games that he's started. I mean, he's started quite a few games now, but um, just really gets through a lot of work, um, makes some great runs, but also absolutely key operator in the set piece and the lineouts. Um, he's been really good. And Alex Nankavel, who has been a bit hot and cold. I mean, we've talked about him for years that he's been a bit of a weapon. I think last week showed that he's clearly much, much better at 13 than he is in the 12 jersey yeah. uh, and much better used in this Chiefs side. But, I um, mean, he had absolute blinder last week, scored, bagged himself two tries and just was dangerous every time he got the ball in his hands. So um, actually looking forward to seeing him, you know, play some play some more, but uh, even at the expense of the Aussie teams. But um, <laughs> it will be good. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be very interesting. I think the, the big takeaway for me is, um, number one, sorry, on the, the Chiefs line out there, they've been winning 88% of their own ball. So it's not, not amazing without being terrible as well. But obviously, they, they have had a lot of chopping and changing there. So considering mm-hmm. the amount of change in, in their key uh, key personnel for the line out, it's actually yeah. pretty solid. And I, I agree, Josh Lord's got a big, big future ahead, if not just currently already there. Um, and then I just wanted to point out as well, the Tars had the highest uh, tackling stats, I think, across the competition, one-on-one tackling stats. So I think right. it's going to be a new test, tackling yeah. the Kiwis rather than the Aussies. But if they're to have a chance here, that tackling consistency is going to be a big thing for them as well. So I think uh, hopefully we're going to see uh, Holloway trying to hold the man up again and, and get a few turnovers there. You've got Gamble and Hooper, who we mm. still haven't worked out the best name for them, by the way, Gooper or... <laughs> Who who Pamble or Pamble? I'm not, I don't know. Wasn't it just Goop, Gooper? I don't know. Gooper, it sounds like a Gooper. Like it's, I'm not sure that's a, that positive. Yeah, but it, it, Gooper's got to be better than Pooper from back in the day, you know? Yeah, that's, that's probably actually. But um, I, I think there's a pretty clear tactic there that they are going to try and just outwork the Chiefs and just try and hold the ball up in tackles and turn the ball over as much as they can. So um, uh, Nick Berry is the ref, actually. I think this is important because. 
how they ref the uh, the uh, breakdown is going to be massive. And I think the yeah. Aussie refs have been pretty lenient and just anyone that puts their hands on the ball, supporting their body weight or not, always gets a penalty. So hopefully that means that that's a, an opportunity there for the Aussies as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll be interested to see if those tackling stats were before or after uh, Mark Nwanganitawase was starting on the, the wings. But um, uh, still, the way he's been playing, excited to watch him play. Um but yeah, speaking of the Tars, look, I mentioned the three fly halves. So we've got Edmed starting, Tane Edmed starting 10, holding that jersey with Ben Donaldson returning from injury off the bench. Actually, forget what his injury was, but he has been out for four or five weeks, I think, or at least four weeks. Um, Harry's just looking it up quickly, but yeah, and we've got Will Harrison. Calf tear, okay. Um, and we've got Will Harrison starting uh, in the fullback jersey, which has pushed Newsom over to the wing and uh, Dylan Page to the bench. So... I think we've discussed it before. Harrison, you know, Coleman really does like him uh, as a fullback option and, you know, short, they don't really have anyone else that they see there. You know, we said we've talked James Ram, Mark, Marky Mark, just, you know, whatever. But Will Harrison has looked really good there. Um, kind of like similar combi- combination to Bowden Barrett in a 10 and pair of franchise at 15. Just having those two playmakers at 10 and 15 sometimes works really well. And it works really well with these guys. So, um It'll be interesting to see if Ed Med can hold his jersey down. I think he's played pretty bloody well the last few weeks um, over Donaldson, but um, I don't know. How do you see that going? There's just nothing to put him, man. It's just whoever gets the opportunity at the moment, and I think they're just going to continue to reward form. So as soon as Ed Med makes a few mistakes and has a bad game, it'll be Donaldson's chance, and then no doubt he'll have a good run as well because they're both exceptional players. But, again, it'll be a new challenge actually seeing what happens when the, the uh, Waratahs are put under a bit more pressure by the uh, – by the likes of Luke Jacobson, Sam Kane, Tupo Vai, Suakula, Takiaho likes being on the ball. So it will definitely be a bit more of a fight around that ball. And I think the Kiwi games in general have been a lot slower out of the ruck as well. I think they're contesting pretty hard in that area. So it will be very interesting to see how that goes. And I like that they just shift um, shift Newsom around wherever is needed. And I think Dylan Peach are just... It's not a, not quite a grievance, but man, that left to right pass to Fichetti oh. is one of the worst things I've ever seen. Like I saw the chats going off, of, wow, that was the worst pass I've ever seen. I thought, yeah, righto, you know, everyone throws a bad pass. It was dead set, arguably the worst pass I've ever seen. Yeah, that has got to be one of the most bombed tries that I've yeah. ever seen. Just I loved it that it was to Nelson's guy, but uh, so Fichetti didn't score the try. I felt a bit better about it that way, but no, it deserves to sit on the bench after that one. To be honest with you. But uh, what do you what do you think, mate? The, uh, the there's obviously some size on the bench for the Tars as well. They're still trying to work out how to get Cridge into the game. Raboni Warren Vasayatho as mm. well. Um, so a bit of punch there to keep contesting late in the game. But is it enough? Will the the Tars have a chance to get over the Chiefs, or what's going to happen? Yeah, look, I mean, normally in this game, I would say, look, I've just talked up the Chiefs forward pack. And while certainly I think they're a class above the Tars forward pack, this Tars front row, I mean, they're not going to get bullied in the in the scrum, tell you that much. Uh, this Tars front row has been absolutely killing it. Um, and normally I feel like I would say, you know, maybe the Tars will be able to, to match up in the in the forwards, but the the backs, um, the Chiefs that have the, you know, ha- have, it, have it over them. But so this week, you know, the Chiefs are missing a lot of players. No Anton Leonard Brown, no Nana Saturo, no Narawa, you know, all these guys. So, um, I mean, yeah, I, as far as the Chiefs, I think are going to get it done just because, you know, it's usually at this point we come in just before we start playing the Kiwi teams with this Aussie optimism of just like, yeah, the boys last week smashed the force. We're going to get it done. But 
realistically, uh, I can't see that happening. The Chiefs are going to to win, but hopefully not by too much. That's my call. Yeah, I, I was thinking the same, man. I, I actually reckon the forward pack lines up pretty well team to team, to be honest with you. Um, mm. and, and I agree the disruption in the Chiefs will be big, but I, I'm with you. I just can't be that positive after every year going in so so naive. Um, I'm going to say the Chiefs by five points. Yeah, I'll go Chiefs by seven. So there we go. Yeah, yeah very nice. Uh, the second game, so Saturday... Uh, we covered the Fijiana and, and Drua versus the Waratahs, but after that, we're going to have the Blues versus the Fijian and Drua as well. Um, no real injuries or anything to... They both had buys last week, so... Report. Well, I mean, the Blues still played the Crusaders, though. Sorry, they did, true, in the yeah. makeup game, yep. Yeah, but uh, no, I don't think there was anything out of that. We did have the uh, first game back for Roger Dorvasashek. I think he came back off the bench at the time. And then on this one as well, we're expecting highly likely that we get a Kira Yawane back. Uh, who He's in your team, isn't he, Craigs? How dare you, Harry? That's, uh, I feel like I should just hang up now. Um, <laughs> He's not. He's not in my team. Uh, I I stuffed up in picking him up. I knew that uh, only yourself and Nelson would uh, also have the inside line on when he was coming back, but I perhaps left it a pick too late. So that's um, it's my fault. Only pretty much my favourite player in the universe. But um, anyway, that's uh, all good. Um, we'll move on. We also have uh, Calavetti Revalvao coming back as well for uh, the Fiji and Drua in the 12 jersey and interesting that you've got he's actually he's in the 13 jersey but he's, he's actually i mean he's the third highest center he's absolutely been killing it he's in the oh no, he is too the, the lineup's going to blow your mind when you read it because uh well let's just get straight to it yeah they've on. got two nines we've got penny matawalu in the nine jersey and we have simone Kuravoli in at 10 so we yeah. have a scrum half experiment at 10 uh against the blues no less which right. is where I draw all the question marks I need for this game, I think. But, um, but don't worry, mate. Frank Lamani is on in the 23 jersey, so he can come on the wing late in the game as well, and they can just line the team up with tiny halfbacks. Well, look, it's, it's some interesting decisions. I mean, they've also got Caleb Munts, a actual 10, in the 12 jersey. Yeah. Um, so I don't I guess, know where this is going. No, I think they just really like, you know, the, the your halves pairing. They just really – they can't go past their halves. They love them. So – Interesting decisions from McBurn. I, I mean, we don't know. There could be injuries, could be whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, you, you would have you would have had to think that you'd run out Revalvo at twelve and Vota at thirteen, who have been killing it for the Drua all season. Uh, but no, but I mean, you know, mentioning that Hambossi, we don't even have Hambossi. Perhaps the the probably not probably the player of Super Rugby Pacific Australian Conference so far, uh, not available. So I don't know. Um, we did think that he went, we got pulled off in the last time he played before the bye. It looked like, you know, he might have copped some type of minor injury and they pulled him off kind of as a precaution. Uh, and we don't know, I think. I don't think we've got any word on whether that evolved, we got any news on an you know, injury. No, but the fact that he's not there, I mean, I feel like that's got to be uh, the obvious indication that, that we thought he was injured. He's not named. That's the only reason. Although he had played every minute. Up to this, it just seems weird that if you're going to give the bloke a rest, it's after the bye week, though. Yeah, um, and against and against the Blues as well. Yeah, just, I mean, having said that, there's no good week now to finish to have, to have a rest. That's um, true. Any other changes? Um, they got they've, they've rotated their locks around as well. They got Manimbi and Rarasia as well, so no uh, 
Nasila Sila. No, Nasila um, Sila. And, yeah. Yeah. And Darren Alangi captaining again while we're still missing the, uh, the OG captain, Nangusa, as well. So there's just a lot of movement in this side. And even Melituni at, at loose head prop, like they're just, they've it's changed. Cap, yeah. I, I just don't understand. I don't understand why you would disrupt a team that was just slowly building at the time. They're going to be up against it. I don't, I don't think it really matters who the Blues name here, actually. The more I look at this, the more I just dread it. <laughs> I think the only, the only positive to take away here is surely Anissa Ritave gets picked up early in the draft this week and they just give him the ball like they do Matteelli. That's, <laughs> that's the that's, game plan. Look, that, that's got to be the game plan. Um, Ritave, look, has excited me. I mean, I talked about it at the start of the season and he kept getting eventually named to start. I think the last game they played, he named to, was named to start. 53-odd points, um, just absolutely killed it. Now, the guy just kills it every time. But I'm actually also really excited about, I, th- I don't know if this is the first time he's played, I don't think it is, but uh, Kirioni uh, Talinga is starting at fullback, The another absolute hot stepper. Um, you might have seen on Twitter earlier in the season, one of the, some big step, uh, clip of a big step um, was Talinga back, uh, I think it was before the season even started. In the trial, exactly. But yeah. um, he's actually, he's a bigger unit than I thought he was. So he's, um, and but he's got wheels. He's kind of like another Ritave. Um, very excited to see these two guys have, have a crack starting uh, in positive news about the team. But yeah, definitely some interesting decisions. Um, and I'd love to see if Curavoli has played 10 anywhere else <laughs> because it just seems, just baffles, just blows my mind really. But, um, can, can but yeah, now onto the Blues. Tillinger as well. He's a uh, sevens gold medalist as well, and it is his debut as well as the the prop that I mentioned as well. Oh, it is his debut as well. Okay, so he hasn't played yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah awesome. So he could be he could be anything. You know what I mean? He could be their best player. So yeah. it's possible. But uh, but yeah. Um. All right. Should we jump to the Blues then? I think uh, I think you nailed it in just saying that given these changes, the Blues kind of can name anyone they want. But um, I, if if the Chiefs lineup is anything to go by, and yes, the Chiefs have a bunch of injuries, I feel like. The Kiwi teams are probably going to try and name stronger sides just for week one of the Aussie conferences, just, just because it is something different playing the Aussie sides to playing the Kiwi side, particularly teams like this, like playing the, the Drua. You know, you don't really know what to expect. It's something completely new. It's not going to be the same as playing Moana Pacifica. So I, I actually feel like they're going to name a pretty strong side. Um, there's lots of articles during the week talking about how the Blues, they got it done against the Crusaders and now really this Super Rugby Pacific is theirs to lose. You know, they've still got to, still got to get six out of six results against the Aussie teams, and that's the expectation that they've got to deliver on it. So I would, I would expect to see a full-strength Blues team and perhaps maybe just with uh, RTS, Roger Tuvasa-Shek, back starting in the 12 jersey. Yeah, I think you're right. And uh, I think I think Para Franchise had a pretty rough day out against the Crusaders despite the, the team winning. So I, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if Zahn Sullivan gets an, another opportunity in the fullback jersey. So that'll be good to see just to see what he can offer despite me. Obviously, uh, that's me trying to show I'm not biased towards <laughs> Para Franchise. Um, how did I go? Yeah, no, good. And I have to join yeah. you in this because I, I have been – because I've had him in my team all year and I've been uh, up, up on the uh, – Para franchise uh, pedestal as well with you, but um, I'm glad. No, I, I agree. I, I'd like to see Zahn have a have a crack. Um, as good as as that Bowden para franchise combo has been. Yeah, and then the, the the other one is I just want to see what they do with um, Bryce Heen. So mm. obviously Roger Tuivasa-Shek is back. We all expect him to start in inside centre. I think 
everyone, the All Blacks will be saying that he's got to play <laughs> there all for the rest of the year as well to try and get some game time finally. So yeah. where does that leave him? Maybe he's just missed a fix it now and they just plug him in Adam Ashley Cooper style wherever he's needed. But um, so. I guess AJ Lamb's wing spot while Caleb Clark's still on a band might be the other one, you know. It'll be interesting to see if they do just shift him straight out or if he just becomes Mr. Fixed on the bench as well. Yeah, I agree. And and I think I, I tried that point in there because um, you, people might forget Bryce Hame last year played quite a, quite a lot of games on the wing and absolutely killed it. Um, mm. So, yeah, he could well transition back there, but... Um, I don't know. I think you're right. They might they might want him as a Mister Fix It. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's good to to have someone like that and, and to really give AJ Lamb a chance in the, in Caleb Clark's jersey. Well, I think Caleb's still got another week or two on it before he can come back from his red card. Yeah, that's right. Um, and look, my vote is just bring bring back Blam. I think we uh, we went into a nostalgia kind of tunnel a couple of weeks ago. And we just watched him. Wow, bring him back, please. Um, anyway, tip Blues <laughs> versus Fijian and Drua. Blues by how many? Look, I'm going to go Blues by. I'm not going to be conservative here. I'm going to go 21. So I'll give it a <laughs> give it a three. I a 30, man. I already. Yeah, I, I actually thought I was going. I wasn't going hard enough for 21. No, so. I think that's low. 21 is low. Yeah. All right. Well. All right. I've, I've said it now, so whatever. Yeah, you got you got right. 30. All right. Yeah. Huge. Hurricanes versus the Reds. So you got the Asafra Moore band that you mentioned three weeks red card there. James O'Reilly's out, Devin Flanders, Tyrell Lomax, Duplessis Karifi. They've just listed these guys generally as like not available for selection for some reason. So we don't really know the details about that one, but lots unavailable. Um, Reds, you've got James O'Connor's just injured a knee and will be gone for four to six weeks. I think he said it was in some kind of contact. So he's got, I I assume it's an MCL injury on the inside of his knee. It's the most likely thing. Um, So he will be out for some time. And Geordie Pattaya as well. I think they've just rested to try and make sure that he's going to be fit and healthy. Um, They they said Geordie could could play this week. It's just literally precautionary rest because, and it's probably a Dave Rennie call. Dave Rennie's liked what he's seen of Geordie at 15 and gone, Rest him another week, please. Uh, I mean, the other, the other thing hammy. is, like, if, if, if a player reports, oh, my hammy's feeling a bit tight, most of the time I feel like they'll they'll be pushed and played anyway. But with his history, if he reports something like that, I feel like they're just going to go, nah, mate, like, there's no way. You're, you're having a week off. Have a rest. You're getting locked yeah. in the ice bath for a week, mate, is what's happening. 100%. Yeah, exactly right. So, and then uh, Jock Campbell coming back straight into the fullback jersey to, to kind of plug that hole for the Reds, which would be good. And you'd expect- well, I think, I think that's, what, that's what has allowed them to rest Jordy this week, I suppose. Like, if, if there was no Jock, maybe we wouldn't have seen this. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, and he'll probably play a role as a bit of a second playmaker to help out Lawson Crichton, who's going to fill in for James O'Connor. So we haven't really seen him him have much of a chance in the 10 jersey this year. So I think having that support of Hamish Stewart at 12 and Jock Campbell at 15 really means that they can probably unload him uh, probably in a, in a similar way to what they did for Rod Iona um, at the Brums where he got the opportunity just to kind of play a role rather than having to play the whole quarterback directing the whole side around as well. So I think it's quite a smart move from them there and maybe another good excuse to play Campbell. Yeah, absolutely. And worth noting, um, Crichton's played um, 10 through all of you know school, his school career and, and still plays 10 for, for the Brothers Club at the moment, I'm not sure whether that's with Tate at at the at uh, nine. If Tate plays for Brothers or um, a different club, but um, he's he's definitely a well accomplished ten. So, and I've frankly liked what we've seen from him when he's come on off the bench Absolutely. in a number of different positions. I think he's been good. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. 
Uh, Harry Hooper into start as well at loose head. So Dane Zander pushes back to the bench there. Um, the Lucan Salakai Loto still not back. Still not back. Yeah, no, no word. So uh, he, he was was he back named and then got pulled pre-game again. And, uh, yeah, like two weeks ago or something. Maybe? We haven't heard yeah, since. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. So we don't really know what's going on. I think they said uh, the Wednesday night that was he was seen with ice on his ankle again. So whether he's re-injured or something like that, but we'll we'll trace that up with um, hashtag Atco knows. I think I feel like he must have a line there. Kind of yeah. another chance at six as well. I thought he was uh, solid enough. For mm. fantasy manager, I believe he's a lock playing six as well. He is, and he did bag, bag a try against you last week for Nelson. So, you know, happy about that. I wasn't going to dwell there. Uh, and that's about it out of the Reds lineup for changes. Um, I would have thought Angus Scott Young would have gotten another run, surely. Yeah. Um, that's a bit, I guess that's, you know, Brad Donald often says like he's, he's the only reason he'll drop players is if they stop playing well. So I guess kind of that's impressed enough to get another start. Yeah. Um, Yep, and uh, I hope we see some minutes out of Mac really fullback as well. Just more minutes for him, please. Absolutely, yeah. And I think I think you nailed it with with Jock Campbell just providing some good balance there, but particularly having the the dynamite Dalgunu and Funafalo on either wing, um, be nice to have you know a cooler head perhaps uh, instead of Geordie having Jock Campbell back there. Um, and also interestingly, I think they had trained. I'm sure, we talked about it before, but they trained Jock Campbell to be the backup ten for yes. James O'Connor. So. Um, that you know, we could see, yes, he'll play the double playmaker role, but we could see him eventually go to 10 if Jock's out for the rest of the season. Yep, yeah, exactly right. Maybe that's how they finish the game as well. Hmm. Um, look, yeah. for the for the Hurricanes, obviously, Amor, we said, is out. O'Reilly is out now as well. They're down. Somehow they've gone from having just this, like, absolute embarrassment of riches at hooker to crossing their fingers that Dane Coles is finally back. He didn't seem, I think he had an interview last week where he didn't seem confident that he was going to be back Quickly, he was kind of saying, "Oh, I'm just doing everything I can." So it's a bit of a vague one. They're, they're not giving a lot of info. It is the only thing I've seen which has given me some cause for hope. Uh, having both Asafo Mu and Dan Coles in my fantasy team, is that uh, they've the picture they've put up for the, the Hurricanes versus Reds fixture coming this weekend. They have put up Dan Coles front and center, some other Hurricanes player, and I think Vunavala or something. So the the way that they've just put it up, they're suggesting, I think that Dane Coles is back. And, uh, you know, it, it, obviously there's never been really any impetus for him to be rushed back or anything like that, old man Coles. But um, I feel like there certainly is now because they had been, you know, finding random club hookers uh, in Hurricanes, in, in sorry, in Wellington to to play uh, for the Canes at this stage. So, um, yeah, if there's a good time to come back, it's now, please. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, who else you got here for changes? I guess the locking battle... You've now got three Isaiah Walkerly. We're well and truly back in this election frame now. So Blackwell, Scrafton, and uh, IWL doesn't roll off the tongue, does it? Yeah, no. uh, two get picked. I don't know. I think Scott Scrafton, I think he might be in my team. So I don't know if I sacked him last week. He's been pretty disappointing, to be honest with you. So my gut says it's going to be Blackwell and Walkerly Aware. Hmm. Yep. And then uh, it's just right. kind of how do they balance the the seven and uh, six, seven and eight jersey as well? I think maybe made easier by some of these changes as well. But I don't know. Will mm. they give um, what's his name the, the firecracker eight another run as well? Uh, Bradney Yosse. Yeah, I was thinking it could be a good time to to send him out again. Um, obviously, I think as I said, I think we're going to expect to see the stronger te- uh, you know stronger lineups here from the New Zealand teams in the first week at least of Super Rugby Pacific crossover. So 
Um, you know, I expect to see probably Artie, Princep, and then it's, you Gibson. know, yeah, I guess, yeah, Gibson has been playing the house down, hasn't he? So yeah. probably earned a place there. But um, I don't know. My big question for the Hurricanes here is is 10, is, um, you know, it's funny. Aiden Morgan's so, like, has been fantastic, but so young. Uh, Jackson Garden Batcher, you know, we won't even give him the light of day to even airtime on this pod, but, um, but Ruben Love as well, he's been, he's the guy who I really want to see them, you know, give some serious game time to. Uh, but it's been interesting that <laughs> how much we, we've often talked about putting Geordie in at either 10 or 12 or whatever. And Geordie's, you know, awesome, frankly, at any position in the back line. But putting Geordie into 12 makes such a kerfuffle for the Hurricanes lineup because it suddenly then means there's three centers all competing for that outside center um, jersey. There's Peter Amanga Jensen, Billy Proctor and Bale Sullivan, all who have been pretty bloody good. Uh, and it then also means they have to have someone playing 15 and they've liked having Ruben Love back there, who's been really, really good. So that then leaves you with a choice of either Jackson Garden Batchup or really, really young Aiden Morgan in the 10 jersey. So it's kind of interesting. It's like they're making it hard for themselves. You know what I mean? I don't know how you feel about it, Harry. I think if they want to put best 15 on the park, it's a no-brainer. You put Severe at 15. Sorry, you put um, Geordie Parrott at 15. <laughs> also, I, I was like, I like anyway. it. I don't, I don't care. Same anyway. No, he's look, been I, that good. I think best team, you just get him on the park at hmm. 15, and then that way it gives you the options of playing, as you said, two of the form three centres that they've had. Yeah. Um, I, and I can only assume that this is, is, we've said it before on the pod, that this is coming from the All Blacks saying that they need some competition there. I think they're not convinced with Havili. I think Roger Duovasashek is a bit of a project, so they need some kind of back up there and it's pretty easy for Geordie with his experience to play the rest of the season at 12 for the Hurricanes and then mm. ship back to fullback for the All Blacks and I think he'll take to it like a duck to water. So I, I think it's just developing that depth and giving the All Blacks some cover and options, which makes him, you know, I guess almost a lock for the the top 23 of New Zealand for the World Cup. So I think he'd be probably pretty comfortable with yeah. experimenting with that as well. Yeah, I agree. And um in terms of the outside backs, obviously, we mentioned Ray Arce, 88 points last week, had a blinder. Julian Sevilla, I don't think he got a mention, but he was probably in the 50s. He also yeah. had an awesome game. I just, I was frothing on him, bumping everyone off, just left, right and center. The bus is well and truly back. It was like I was watching Speed 3, the movie or something. You know what I mean? It was just, it was that good. Um, but also, you know, Wes Husson uh, has also been really, really good when he's been given some opportunities. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was earlier in the year there was an article about putting Julian Sevilla at 12 for the All Blacks, you know what I mean? Like, but that's clearly not going to happen with Geordie. So, yeah, just the kind of embarrassment of riches. And they're left with at fullback, you know, you've kind of got either Ruben Love or Josh Morby that had given a few goes. But, um, I don't know how you fit everyone in, really. I mean, could Wes Goosen play fullback? I don't even know. Uh, I think he can. Um, he can also play outside center, so put him in that mix there as well. Um, look, I, as you said, just embarrassment of riches. And uh, look, the only other thing I'd say is TJ just closing yeah. in on that record. Is he two or three behind the all-time try scoring record now? Yeah, he's above. Well, I know he's, he's above Julian. Um, and yeah, he's two or three. I think you're away from the record. He would. He overtook Christian Cullen. Uh, I forget who else he's just overtaken, but um, 
He's not only far away from the Hurricanes record, he's also from the entire Super Rugby record, right? Oh, yeah. Was that, was that what you were talking about? Sorry. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Perinara oh, yeah. is on 57 tries. Izzy yeah. Falau's at 60. You've got Doug Howell at 59 and Caleb Ralph on 58. So he's knocking yeah. them down. Uh, Julian Sevilla is on 56, so he's only one behind them. And, geez, if yeah. he's named for the next five games, six games, oh. Yeah. Mate, that's six tries, isn't oh, it? Oh, mate, if, if you were Julian Sevilla, surely you'd be paying the coach a million dollars. Just be like, start me the next six games, please. I want to have the all-time scoring record. Any, any, any good, mate. It's far out. That is on. I didn't yeah. realise that he was that close as well. Well, the, wow. thing, the reason is because he, he got all of those before he left. He's probably only scored about three or four tries since yeah. he's come back to New Zealand. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. But no one thought there was going to be any more in him. And he just is. He's so good. Uh, so okay. Good. So with that, Hurricanes versus the Reds, mate, there's obviously a few changes to what we thought the lineup might be for the Reds. We're assuming the Hurricanes roll out their top side. What do you think is mm. going to happen? Yeah, sorry. Now, we've talked about the two teams individually, not kind of how they're going to go against each other, haven't we? But uh, in this one, look, I think I think the Reds look really good, actually. You know, that Reds back row has been absolutely lit. Fraser McRide, Harry Wilson, the front row has been firing. Taniel Tubo back in to start. And whilst they haven't had Lucan Salakai Lotto, I think the, the two locks, Angus Blythe and uh, Ryan Smith, have been kind of just getting through a lot of work. Um so losing James O'Connor is a big loss. That's If James O'Connor was there, I guess I'd feel very differently about this. Um, you know, I'd be saying I think the Reds are in with a chance, absolutely. But uh, not, without James O'Connor, you know, again, I, I think that my, my Aussie optimism is, is gone and I think the Hurricanes are going to win this game. Um, but I definitely feel closer than, than the Tars and Blues. Uh, sorry, Tars and Chiefs. So... Uh, yeah, I actually think it. I, I just think the Reds, Reds have been looking really good. Um, so I'm going to say uh, the Canes by uh, five. Right. Um, yeah. You mentioned the Reds locks. They have been pretty workmanlike, but they have a lineout success of seventy five percent, which is pretty woeful. So that's because they've had a new hooker every week. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, it doesn't doesn't help, but it doesn't change the fact that they've got a dysfunctional lineout. So I think that's yeah. a that's a pretty big problem from the Reds. Um, yeah. I expect the hurry them to walk over the uh, Hurricanes for the scrum though at the same notion. So you know yeah. maybe that'll equal out. Um, I guess the big thing here is uh, is basically how does Lawson Crichton go, and how much does that change the side? I think James O'Connor has been pretty instrumental in how the team has played. So because of that, I think it's going to be a big, big out. And even though Crichton's good, I don't know that he's had enough time with the side to really just slot in. So because of that, I'm going to go the uh, Hurricanes by... I did have the Reds tip before those changes for the record, but I'm going to go the Hurricanes by... Well, you said five, didn't you? Got to go seven then, don't I? That's it. Yeah, I mean, if I had James O'Connor, like I, I'd almost feel comfortable saying I, I would tip the Reds to to get it done by like a cup, like one or two or something, you know. But um, I did have it. Yeah, I had it at three points before those changes. So, and obviously yeah. um, Patara as well. Although that said, if Crichton is coming up against Jackson Garden Batchup, then surely he can just you know run circles around him because it's you know Jackson Garden. Except Batchup. for the fact that Artie Severa will be coming off the back of this run. Yeah, no, okay, I take it back. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, moving on, let's get on to the Sunday games to round us out. We've got 2 p.m., the Highlanders and the Brumbies. 
new injuries to report on this one. Josh Dixon, three weeks suspension for his red card, as mentioned. He's been he's fairly instrumental in that Highlanders uh, set pace and just leadership group. Um, Marino Michele, two, was pulled pre-game. So he was there warming up, did something. I don't think they actually specified what it was. No. Uh, they just tweaked something. I don't, I don't know how major or massive it was, but we'll hear something. And Denny Solomona, the English international, um, got his first start. Uh, and within about 10 minutes, uh, looked like he did something to his hamstring. And so he went straight off the field. And um, again, we haven't got any further updates on that yet, but um, we'll have to wait and see, I guess, with their lineup when they announce it tomorrow. Um, yeah, exactly. Hopefully we get a little bit more clarity on why something is happening or, or why they're in or out and what the actual injury is. But again, pretty disruptive uh, for their side. On the Brumbies, you do have Caterin Neville. Uh I love that you lean into it now. That's good. That's right. Uh, Mate, he's he's back starting. So I think think Frost is – is he out of the 23, Frost? Yeah, Frost is out of the 23. I'm I'm loving that because I just traded for Josh Lord last week. It was fantastic (laughs) for me. How good. Um, So, yeah, so Caden Neville back in there. So it'll be interesting to see how he holds up to uh, his war – the Wallabies' greater squad selection. (laughs) I was going to say selected and hasn't played since, like, round one of Super Rugby, but still selected in that Wallabies squad. And Noah Alessio finally back from this ankle sprain as well. So I think he's a big in just to help steer the ship. You've still got yeah. Cam Clark at 14, Tom Wright at 15. So they're still a little bit thin on the ground for their outside backs. Um, just desperate, I think, to get someone like a Chris F. Sortia or someone like that in just to yeah. add a little bit more depth. And they're just running out the random front rows every week. They've got <laughs> Slipper and Fainga uh, on the bench. They've got mm. Scott Co and Lockie Lonigan starting, and there's no Alan Alatoa anywhere. Sefo Kautai still starting as well with Tom Ross on the bench. So part of me thinks that they're just saying, well, we're going to try and keep the units together. Slippers had some big minutes. Scott Co needs an opportunity, so we'll give him the opportunity just to keep playing some, some uh, starting minutes there. And that it's all just a tactical thing. But Alan, mate, he, he out of the 23, there must be something going on there that we're missing. And this is the third week that he hasn't played or been named. So, um, uh, and I would know because he's in my fantasy team. But um, so, yeah, I don't know what it is. We haven't heard a peep out of the Brumbies regarding Alan. We might have to, Hashtag might have to arc up on Twitter and say, where's Alan? Yeah, echo knows. Um, yeah, very good. Other than that, mate, not, not a lot of changes to the side. Andy Muirhead still running on the left wing as well. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do uh, to try and negate the Highlanders. I think the Highlanders have been better than maybe their win-loss record suggests. Um, my expectation oh, is, again, they're not going to make many changes. I think they've got uh, Thomas Umunga Jensen, who's had, just had his first game back, who I expect to be at his damaging best. That shifts Scott Gregory to the wing. And I think basically I think the only change that I could see for them is they'll start for Tuli Pyre at 13. Other than that, it'll probably be the exact same side that we saw last week. Uh, who have they got to sub in for Josh Dixon? Maybe Manaki Selby Rickett? Is he, is he close? Um, I don't know about him coming back, but there's no, the guy, came, he's guy who came on and scored a try was was Hicks, someone Hicks. So Sam he's kind of next in line is yeah Sam, Sam Hicks and um, and Bryn Evans, the thirty eight year old, thirty nine year old All Black or whatever. But um, yeah, so no, I agree. But look, I think for the the Landers, I think you're right. I think they'll be the hungriest team in New Zealand for a win. Uh, you know what I mean? They'll be licking their lips, going, "Ah, oh, finally, we can get some W's on the board." Um, 
it'll be, I think it'll be big to see whether Marina McKelly 2 is back or not. Um, although that said, uh, Gareth Evans had probably the game of his life uh, last year for the Highlanders. Awesome. Um, so he was really, really good. And they brought in uh, Hugh Renton, also got promoted to the starting team um, after Michele Two was pulled out. But um, I, f- I feel like this is just going to come down to how the Brumbies play the game. I feel like they've gone back to in the last few weeks, favouring their rolling ball above all else. They've been scoring a lot of tries off the back of it. They do mm. have the variations to kind of throw the ball out wide, which I don't think are going to work quite as well with the, uh, w- the defence of someone like the Highlanders who are, you know, just a lot of pace and, and and dogged defenders. But I think if they can get their rolling more going, that could be the, the difference if they can bank a couple of tries that way. Um, I, I reckon that's probably the the barometer for who wins this game. That's it. And, I mean, the Highlanders themselves have been um, scoring some tries off rolling malls. I think that's been the Justin Marshall barometer of, uh, you know, the, all the chat in New Zealand about hating rolling malls. But um, it, it, this game could come down to a rolling mall off, really. That's what this game could be. Um, and yeah, it will be interesting. I mean, I think no, we haven't talked enough about it, but Noah Lucio coming back is massive. Um, no real discredit to Rod Iona, but it's chalk and cheese, really. Just um, the the attacking, you know, the attacking options that Lucio brings. Just the doubt that he causes uh, with his running game is is awesome, and it's going to take a lot of pressure off. I think it looked fairly one dimensional with Iona. They were playing off Simone uh, as the playmaker most of the time. Yeah. Um, so now this is going to bring a lot more options, a lot more doubt. Um, but you're right. It will be it'd be interesting to see how the Brumbies go. Um, again, I, just, I have no idea how I'm going to tip this game. So I know you've already put in tips, but um, look, I mean, I, I'd like to think the Brumbies can win this, but uh, I'm going to let you pick first, Harry, so I can still think about it. Brumbies by two. Brumbies by two. Okay. Um, Back to you. <laughs> I haven't picked. I haven't picked an Australian team winning yet, have I? No. Nah. Oh well, then I'm going to have to go. I'm going to go Brumbies by three then, just Very good. because I'm not picking the next game for an Aussie team to get a win. So um, maybe no, definitely not. But uh, no, I think yeah, this this will definitely be. I, I don't know. Probably it has to be our best of, chance. Right? It has to be our best chance. Brumbies be are not far off full strength, and mm. uh, the Highlanders who are probably a bit low on confidence. And yeah. it's in Australia. So, yeah. I the, the, I prob- the problem I come down to just looking at that Brumbies team is because of how much I hate Andy Muirhead. So I look at the Brumbies wingers and it's Muirhead and Cam Clark. And I'm like, oh, God, come on. Where is someone awesome? But, uh, yeah, Tom Wright and fullback. Um, guys, last, guys, last week of the game, Crusaders of the game. I can't speak. <laughs> you truly lost it. I love it. 4.30 p.m. In Melbourne on Sunday. Woo, got there. Uh, look, you got Crusaders out. You got Scotty Barrett for his four weeks from that red card. You got Joe Moody out as well. And then yeah. the Rebels, Richard Hardwick busted his knee and expected he could be out for long term as well. So a few changes coming in there. And the men back in, so far confirmed, we got Rod Rob Leota for his first game, the big unit starting yeah. to add some size to the pack. Uh, for the Rebels as well. Cameron well, Orr. It's, it, it's an interesting not. one because Cameron Orr's back starting as well. Yep. But, um, yep. And he hasn't been starting for a few weeks now, actually. It has been interestingly. But, um, but uh, Robbie, you talk about bringing some size, Rob Liotta coming back. Yes. And I love Rob Liotta, someone I was very excited about at the start of the season. But at the same time, with that means Tamati Iwani's gone to the bench. So really probably not much size change. Um, 
But no, with Hardwick gone, Wilkin getting promoted to the starting team. I think Wilkin's probably been the choice of those sevens for the uh, for the Rebels. Um, and Michael Wells moves to number eight. So, I mean, if I had it my way, look, I'd just stick Wells in at seven. Oh, no, actually, I'd get rid of Wells. I know he's a captain, but see you later, mate. And we'll have Leota at six and Tamati Iwani at eight. But um, I'm not the coach, so, you know. I think Tamati Iwani hasn't been quite as damaging as we were expecting when he first made his chance, though. You know, like, I, I don't mind him coming off the bench, having a little bit less pressure and just getting a few minutes to get in there and be a wrecking ball again. But it's true. But when you're playing a team like the Crusaders, you need to have as many players out on the field that can legitimately, you know, possibly injure the other team and remove players from the field. So that's why I'd be running out with Tamati Wani. But um, well, that makes sense to me. Uh, <laughs> Stacey Illy in that inside centre and Andrew Kellaway playing outside centre, which gives George Worth uh, the opportunity to start on the wing again. Um, and then no changes with Glenn Bayhu, Reese Hodge, the solid 11 and 15 options. I, I, I thought this was a pretty interesting option, to be honest. I, I don't really see Illy as someone that has an inter- interchangeable skill set to go from 13 to 12. No, I don't either. Did, did they, was Illy 12 last week as well, or was someone else inside Kellaway? Uh, I, I thought they had someone else. I'll I think they did out. have someone else. I was going to say, I don't know if you watched the game, but I actually quite liked Keller, the, the Kellaway at 13. I'll take it back. That's exactly what they had last week. They did have that last week. Okay, good. Shows how much we know. Um, well, he was obviously that unnoticeable that, uh, you know, we didn't take note of him. But uh, no, I agree. I, I think Stacey Ely's probably a 13. I don't know how much 12 he's probably played anywhere. I've, I've never seen him play 12 for any other team. But um, I did like the I did like Kellaway at 13, though, because they were just getting, you know, you, I think you guys said it when I... I picked up Kellaway the first week he was back uh, playing at wing and you went, why? He's never going to get the ball in that Rebels team. And I was like, well, that's true. But so they've identified we need to get him the ball. And at thir- in the 13 jersey, they they do. They are able to get it out that far. And um, and he's looked good with more touches. But I agree. Stacey Ely, don't know what he's doing at 12 there. But I guess they've lost Ray Nuu. I mean, for mine, I've said it throughout the season, I'd be starting Carter Gordon at 10 and Natamura at 12. And then you could put Kellaway at 13 if you want to. But uh I don't know what this Stacey Elliott 12 business is. And Jarrell Skelton still not back in the side either. Like, give the guy a chance. I know he's just back from his ACL, but I don't know. Never, ever going to get a chance by the looks of it. Um, I will say I did walk past, when I was in Melbourne for the Formula 1, I did walk past uh, on the way to work one morning, Pone Fa'amosili, and, uh, mate, he was looking good. He was looking slim. Looking very fit. He better, mate. He's got Kabusilov. Like, just tearing out. He's going to have to work his ass back in to get back in that starting team. Absolutely. But um, he's supposed to be, I think he's maybe a week away or so, they said. So. Yeah, that's right. We got, we got the, uh, they were pretty good actually giving some good detail uh, a couple of, maybe a week or two ago. So that's all up on the casualty ward there as well. Um, right. So I, I guess we don't have any information about the Crusaders, but they're just going to continue to rotate. I feel like Sever Reese or Will Jordan are due a rest and they're just going to rotate their back three. To be clear, um, you meant Will Jordan in that scenario, didn't you? Not my player, Sevy Reese. He's definitely going to start. That's what you meant. Yeah, good. Well, he's been so good, man. I, would, I wouldn't bench him, to be honest. But it doesn't seem to have anything to do with when you bench or start players in the Crusaders team. Um, other than that, I, reckon, I reckon he has a, a pair of dice, you know what I mean, with their names on it. That's the only logically just... He, 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 how can you make that decision yeah, as a coach? Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Definitely with you. Uh, so, look, there'll just be the same little merry-go-round there to see what happens. But what do you, what do you reckon? We, we can't look into that too much, I guess. The Rebels have been a lot better with their consistency, their side, and I thought they were pretty impressive against the Reds last week. 
is it enough in Melbourne, home game, hopefully with a bit of a crowd to get people out there and to get the Rebels in the game or not? Look, I think um, if anyone's going out to watch the Rebels Crusaders, um, even if they're Rebels fans wearing Rebels jerseys, uh, they're going out to watch the Crusaders, really. That's that's what they're... They bought tickets to the Crusaders game in Melbourne at the Rebels home ground. Um, I mean, this is... What else? We don't even need... We're not, as you said, we're not going to talk about who's going to play in that back line, but, you know, who, who did I just say was chalk and cheese? I was saying Rod Iona and Noah Lulaceo. These two teams, this is chalk and cheese. You know, you just on these two back lines. The, the only... We ran out of steam before we started prepping for this pod. We didn't... I didn't get any notes in for this game, but I just said Crusaders by 200 because it's going to be an absolute whitewash, this game. So Is that your tip? Uh, it's not. No, my tip isn't Crusaders by 200. But uh, look, I'm happy. I'm going to say Crusaders by 50. I'm happy to chuck it all the way out there. By like, 50? Just, by 50. But I just think they're going to absolutely wipe them off the face of this planet. Wow. Um, all right. Okay. I'll go 40. Sorry. I'm getting too excited. Fine. Crusaders no, by 40. No, I'll keep no, it big. No. I'll keep it big, but I'm, I'll, I'll go by 40. I've gone 22. Okay. <laughs> all right. Wait, wait. Well, who did you tip? You tipped a bigger one, someone by 30. Who was that? Yeah, that's Fijian and Drew, mate. Blues versus Fijian and Drew. Uh, okay, well, that's well, no, still so look, I, I'd pick bigger margin Crusaders. Uh, well, I have clearly picked a much bigger margin, but um, and look, I guess the only questions with Crusaders is really yeah, in the forwards, um, rotating. So, we'll, like, because there's no Scott Barrett, we'll see um, Zach Gallagher and Quinn and Strange are still out injured as well. So, it'll be Zach Gallagher and uh, the new guy that came on. I, I don't I, I don't know if Mitch Dunshay's back yet, but it'll be Dominic no. Gardner, who's the guy who plays lock or yeah, six. Gardner. Dante has gone for a while. Yeah, so two very young locks, but look, um, the back row will still be, no doubt, Tom Christie and then either a you know, combination of Blackadder, um, Matera and Grace. And, um, yeah, the Crusaders will just have way too much. Mate, this is Richie Moe versus the whole team. Like, he's going to cut them to pieces, but, uh, yeah. I hope so. He's on my team. That's why I've got him <laughs> for this moment. Um, hopefully he just takes it on his own back again when he when he hogs the ball's best. Um, look, on that note, let's go to the deserto. Where we've decided now, rather than eating dessert, we're just going to air grievances every week. But we've actually got a discussion point for our proper old school dessert as well this week. But you've got a grievance, first of all, don't you? Well, I think I already uh, spoiled spoiled it. Spoiled it. I just I spoiled it earlier in the pod, but I just said that, um, and we've said this many times, but, you know, this is a super round. It could have been the, the, the round you really made a point of making the Kiwi sides announce all of their Super Rugby team lineups on the Wednesday, like the Aussie teams have, there's been plenty of call-outs for this on Twitter throughout the season. It's just so good naming your teams. And with the Kiwi teams, we already even know, I know at least two of the teams, the Crusaders pick their team on Monday and they tell the team who's playing. And then they just keep that information to themselves all week. Just selfish, yeah. frankly, to be honest with you. The only team we want to know if the players are playing Tell us on Monday, but uh, not make, it's not going to make a difference if they win or lose. Let's be honest. Just just tell us who's there, mate. It's not changing anything. Absolutely. So anyway, that, that's just another one of my grievances. I, I thought this could be the week. Finally, all the teams in one place they get all the lineups out. That wasn't to be. So we'll just have to have it slowly trickle out throughout tomorrow while we all sit there hitting refresh on Twitter uh, throughout the day. Mate, 
with two Sunday games, you may find we don't even hear about the Highlanders and Crusaders teams until until Friday. Harry, don't don't bring up worst case scenarios like that. Okay, I don't need that type of uh, negativity in my life. But um, that's <laughs> right. that's very possible. So um, very good. Um, so on that note, the actual dessert. Now that the grievances have been aired, um, how many wins will the Aussie uh, fixed teams, including the Fijian and Drua, I think they're, no, actually, no, it's not including the Fijian and Drua because I don't want to count Moana Pacifica into the count either. How many times will the Aussies beat the Kiwis specifically in the back end of this competition? So obviously that means each Aussie team has five Kiwi sides to play. Mm-hmm. 25 games? Yep. Nice. Matt. Good. That's good. How many wins for the Tars? Now, I can tell you I put this up on a, on a Twitter poll a, uh, a few days ago because I really wanted to see where the crowd was at before we uh, said our piece. Uh, mm. Did you have a look at the poll at all? I haven't, no. So I'm hoping you're going to tell me now. To, uh, Triple, me. I am. I am, yeah. So just so you can kind of gauge your own response to see how out of touch you are. Uh, triple figures on the response, which was good uh, for how many votes. We had pretty even between, so my options were two or less, three, four, or five or more. So the most popular answer with 32.4% of the vote was two or less. The next most popular was five or more, 28.4%. So pretty close, 32, 28. I think and that then, sums up us as a people, Australians. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the naive and the educated. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> and then Four votes, four wins had 21% and three wins had 17%. So if you actually look at it, it is without a word of a lie, 50% think three or less and 50% exactly think four or more. Split to the 0.1 of a percent. Yeah, but if like how many Twitter accounts did you have to go and open up just to even those numbers up to get those desired results? You know what I mean? Oh, how many so, times did you have so, to answer? So many, mate, so many. You don't want to see no, them. Wow, that, that, that is amazing. Um, yeah, the I think... Line, the really, line is three and a half, basically. Yeah. yeah. No, that does really speak volumes of, of Aussie rugby fans, and I think it's exactly what I was saying when we were first starting to predict these games. I said... Depending on what our chat would have been before we started recording tonight, and maybe if Nelson, probably if Nelson was here as well, who normally overwhelmingly comes with the Australian positivity, you know, I feel like we either would have, I would have tipped like these Australian teams to win most of these games, not the Rebels Crusaders. Um, uh, but, you know, we've gone the other way, we've gone, don't think we're going to win any really. So well, let's go through it. Rather than just giving a blanket number, we'll work it out and then we can add them up. Uh, Rebels, how many wins for them in this competition? Well, I mean, look, is it is it just real simple? Who can beat the Highlanders? And uh, is it the Reds and Brumbies can beat the Highlanders? And uh, there's your two games. I don't think it's that easy, man. <laughs> I, I also don't know how likely it is that one Kiwi side loses two games itself. I was thinking the Rebels will probably get zero wins. The Force will probably get zero wins. Yep. The Waratahs are a chance for one, but I might just be naive and, and too positive. Well, we'll have to, no, no, as, as New South Wales men, as New South Welsh men, we'll have to leave them at a chance for one. Yep. Absolutely. So there's one. Uh, and then that obviously leaves the uh, Brumbies and the Rebels. Sorry, the Brumbies Reds. and the Reds. Sorry. Uh, how many wins do you think there's that our two best sides are, are capable of or likely to get? 
like the off the top of my head, immediately the max that they would get each would be two wins out of five games each. So it's possible that they get we get five wins. Best case scenario, I, I think that's best case as well. I'm with you. I just yeah. my my gut says to me that they're not going to both get two wins. No, one of those games that they should have won. One of those teams will get two. One will get one. And if we're lucky, the Tars will get one. So I'm at three or four. I'm going to be optimistic and say four wins for the Aussies. All right. Well, I'm going to go. I was I was I was ifing and toing and throwing between two or three. So I'm going to go optimistic and say three. Because so the Brumbies are going to get one. The Reds will get one. And somehow the Tars will get one. There we go. Wow. Very good. Okay, love it. And, and we'll have to get back to you with what Nelson says, but I'm guessing Nelson will be in the five-plus category. So oh, we can just pencil him in for that now. We don't, I think yeah, he went 25 wins, yeah, 100%. No doubt. All right, well, uh, very good, mate. So uh, you've got three wins for the Aussies. I've got four. Nelson's got 25. I guess yeah. in a few weeks' time we can look back at that and see how naive we were. Uh, here's to the false hope that we always carry into this part of the season, my favourite time of year before we've played a Kiwi side, and I think we are the world's best team. That's it, mate. Look, long may, I mean, we've got another, you know, 24 or 48 hours left to rejoice in it. Um, and the only last thing I'll say, because uh, this was a great pod and we need to wrap it up, but is, um, I don't know about you, I'm really looking forward to um, our draft uh, punishment at the end of this year um, with, you know, my arch nemesis, Nubum, really firming up as the favourite. Um, so for all those fantasy managers out there that uh, listen to the pod, I don't know what your punishments uh, are for your uh, your leagues, but uh, we, we're remaking a music video clip, something like a, a Miley Cyrus wrecking ball, and the loser has to shot for shot remake that. It's going to be choice. So we'll be sure to put the YouTube link out to that once it's done. Um, I'd be I'd be getting on the diet if I was him, dead <laughs> straight away. You got You need some time to get your rig in order. I, I would as well. You know, this isn't a personal attack on him. I just think. This now's the time we, you know, push comes to shove, you're in trouble. You need to get the diet, you need to sort it out. That's it. I mean, that's the only reason that I'm able to still eat so much food is because I'm just so confident that I'm never going to be by the table. But, um... Me too, mate. Me too. Erica's hoping I start losing more games so that I'll go on a diet, but it's not happening. <laughs> that's true, actually. That's what I need. I need to lose, really. That's how I'll finally crack it. But anyway. No, all right. Well, this has been good. This is what was this? We said episode season five, episode 15. 15, no, completely wrong. I don't know why you put yourself in that position. Guys, last call. Please, despite Craig's not knowing what episode it is, I think it's 16. It um, 16 yeah. Please leave a review on whatever source you watch this. Please like and follow and do all those things. We don't ask for these kind of things very much, but it does make a big, big difference. Share it with someone on Twitter. Share it with someone on Facebook. Uh, we really appreciate it. So thanks. And- and go create another four or five Twitter accounts and follow us on that as well. So just get Absolutely. those numbers up. Yeah, cool. See you later. Catch you next one.